to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. You don't just want to build a business for the sake of making money. In fact, if you do, likely that business will fail very quickly. There has to be more to it. We want to build a business that has a purpose, that fulfills us in a way that we otherwise don't see that we could get fulfilled. We want to build a business that that has that gives us meaning, gives us purpose, that we can create a legacy of what we've done, what we've created. These, these ideas of creating profit, creating purpose, creating legacy, we all ultimately want to do those in the businesses that we create. And there are some fundamental principles that we must follow to help us achieve those things. Today's guests, Catherine and Michael Redman, um, you know, they've really not only studied this, but put this in a way to help us understand how we can actually do this, how we can be passionate about our business, but to do so in a way that not only creates profit, but actually gives us more than just simply a profitable business that helps us be fulfilled. Actually, they've they've written a book and it's it's an incredible and just the information that they've packed in it is so valuable. The book simply called Fulfilled, very straightforward. And it helps us understand you know what that path looks like to help us creating a business that gives us profit, that gives us purpose, that gives us a legacy that allows us to live out that passion in a way that creates more than just simply a business that earns money. Today's guests were just great. I had an amazing time meeting with them and talking to them. I think you're going to enjoy listening to what we have to say. And I also want to encourage you to check out that book, Fulfilled. I, I think that you'll find so much great information packed in there. And uh, enjoy today's guests. Go out and check out some of the information that they have out there. They're an incredible resource and incredible people. Highly encourage you to check out more of what they are doing. They also were gracious enough to allow me to come on their podcast. And so we've had an opportunity to connect through that even further. And I would encourage you to go check out some of those conversations as well. Again, I thank you for everything that you've done so far. I want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button. If you have any questions or you want to contact us, you can do so by reaching us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Well, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast. And, um, you know, as you all know, we talk a lot about uh, marketing and branding and kind of the strategies that go along this because this can be um, such an open and and kind of a black hole space for a lot of business leaders. And so um, helping us understand these things, helping us understand how to balance this with our business are all critical components to what we do and how we lead our businesses forward. Uh, This week's guest, I'm really excited about having them on and being able to share some about this as this is an area of expertise as well as um, just sort of balance in life and business as a whole. So uh, our guests are Catherine and Michael Redman uh, coming to us from Northern California this week. And so appreciate you all coming on. Thank you so much for being here. And as we get started, um, why don't you walk us through, kind of talk us through the history and experience that the two of you have and what has ultimately led to where we are now. All right. Well, Michael and I have, uh, we own a marketing advertising business consulting firm called Half a Bubble Out. We've been in business since 2002. So quick math, 18 years um, and working together. And um, we had a career previous to that and did some different things, but we've been in this business for 18 years and it's been a lot of fun. 
Um, We're kind of serial entrepreneurs a little bit. We've got a couple of other things that we do. So we've got a lot of experiences. We work with other clients and then it, we kind of every once in a while, it gets sucked into something, starting a new business here or there. Yeah. He's a serial entrepreneur. I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. Let's just be honest. It's very this. true. Reluctant I mean, entrepreneur. I like that. I like that. I'm I get drugged into a few things here and there. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so we've been, as we were uh, doing that, we've been mar- married for 27 years mm-hmm. and we've been in the company for most of the 18 together. We've been running it at some level or another. And for probably 16 years of the 18, full-time in the office together, uh, shoulder to shoulder with our staff and working with our clients and stuff like that. So it's been a, a fun, unique journey. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into that for just a second because um, that is unique and it is oftentimes a challenge for a lot of people that um, maybe they start the business and, and, you know, I, I love Catherine, the way you put that as a reluctant, a reluctant entrepreneur. Sure. Um, I think there are a lot of people that kind of find themselves in that situation, uh, where, you know, the spouse, um, has gotten into business. They've got a passion, a dream about something and almost out of necessity early on, especially, mm-hmm. uh, spouse kind of gets dragged into that either because, we need some additional support. I need some administrative help. I need someone to answer the phones. I need someone to take care of my books. And frankly, it's sometimes just cheaper to hire a spouse than hire someone else. And so, um, but you, you use the word hire loosely, right? Yeah. Very, very loosely. Yeah. Hire is in, Hey, we need to keep food on the table. So you mind showing up at eight o'clock next week. Um, but so, you know, oftentimes this happens and generally what we see, um, you know, one of two directions generally happen after a couple of years, business grows and, and, um, you know, they, they, the business actually hires someone to sort of replace that spouse or in situations like you are here, you know, you've been in this business together all this time. And as, as Mike had mentioned, you know, 16 years, shoulder to shoulder in the business, that's very unique. And it is a, it's a real challenge. One of the things that I see is I'm kind of talking to people and coaching people as they are growing their business is finding a way to separate us as spouses and us as business partners. Um, Mm. And especially in a way that the rest of the team can experience that properly. So over the years, how have you all been able to kind of define the difference between our eight to five, as as you might call it, and then what happens after five o'clock where we are still spouses and we have to live and cohabitate and, and not bring home everything or bring to work everything that happened at home the day before? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really, we hear it a lot too. How do you do that? How do you manage that? Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that happens is when you own a business, it's, it's a, especially a family run business. It's a consuming thing. It, 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 the idea of drawing nice, neat, pretty lines everywhere between work and family and all that stuff. That's, I don't know who wrote that story, but it's fiction in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Um, we like to say, as it turns out, you bring all of who you are to work. Yeah, and you take and you all, take of, all of who you are home. So, yeah. <laughs> how do we do that? <laughs> and one of the ways that we've really managed that is some of the underlying principles of how we've probably stayed together for twenty-seven years and not killed each other mm-hmm. is the idea of just going. Okay, we want to be healthy people. If we're going to grow, and we talk about this in the book, one of the things you want to do is grow as, as a leader and become a healthy leader. Mm-hmm. A healthy leader generates, you know, and I know you talk about this stuff with your listeners and stuff, but that idea of a 
healthy leader creates a healthy organization. Right. You get you give yourself the chance of doing that. And so when that happens, uh, the idea is, well, you should be growing everywhere. And you want to honor the people around you, even in the midst of tension or friction. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of worked really hard, not kind of, we've worked really hard <laughs> to make sure that what we're doing is we're growing and who we are now and who we were five years ago and 10 years ago and 27 years ago are are maturing at different people because we're growing. When you do that, I think that's one of the things that helps offset some of the things you said. If you're if you're mature and you're respecting and honor honoring one another, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden when you go home, you may have to deal with stuff. You may have to talk about stuff, mm-hmm. um, but you're not laying into each other. When you're at work, if the if the husband and wife who run the company are honoring each other and they understand what trust is, that it's a measure of competence and character. Yeah. But all of a sudden you actually we find that our employees actually like working for us. They talk about it. They say how different it is from other married couples because we're not, we may have to deal with challenges. It's not like we're not dealing with conflict, right. but we're doing it in hopefully a mature way and, and looking at that. Plus the other thing we saw growing up, because this town that we're in, we, we actually grew up in this town or oh, I grew up here. Yeah. Catherine moved here when she was in sixth grade and we actually went to the same elementary school together. Wow, that's cool. Um, you you end up working with a lot of small businesses that are family run. Yeah. And invariably you've got a spouse that started it and the other spouse got drug along mm-hmm. and they're doing jobs and responsibilities they're not trained for or competent at. Yes. Yes. And that just so frustrates mm-hmm. your team. So when you start to balance those things and go, I'm gonna I want to develop trust and develop competence and character. We're gonna do it between us as a married couple. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it us between us and our staff. Um, all of a sudden, those things start to help. And then you just got to figure out how to have some self-discipline when you go home sometimes because you just got to say, we're not going to talk about work at the dinner table or, right. you know, because your kids will go nuts. I, yeah. I, do you guys have kids? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Four. Four kids. Yeah. So Ed, do, do you ever get the eyes rolled? Like, no, we're talking about, you're starting to talk about business and you shift into there and they're like, yeah. oh, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that helps because ours is 24 now. We've only had one, mm. but she was, you know, and sometimes that's better. And sometimes it's more challenging because, you know, there's no way to keep her too. busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think the other thing that's been interesting for us, Kyle, is that I think sometimes, like Michael said, you know, the wife or the husband gets drug into something and they are, they end up doing things that they're not good at. Yeah. For me, um, we knew that we wanted to work together and I knew that I had certain skills that I brought to the table that complemented Michael really, really well. Mm. So, um, so because of that, there was never that sense of, I never felt like I was the tag along or I was the, you know, second, you know, or it just never felt like that for us because, fifth yeah, fifth wheel, yeah. Um, because right. there's a, there's just a collaboration where he brings out the best in me and vice versa. Yeah. So as we've worked with clients through the years, you know, they'll say, you know, love working with Michael. He's got this creative bent. He pulls out all of this amazing information. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's, he's kind of that really super great thinker, great strategist. Mm-hmm. And I'm more of the implementer. Mm-hmm. So um, between the two of us, we ideate really, really well and we get stuff done. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's been a really fun balance between the two of us is, is helping our clients move forward because he's 
pulling all this great stuff out of them and I'm helping them translate it into ways that are meaningful that actually, you know, end up on websites and in print materials and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is really good. Just out of curiosity, it's just some of the terminology used there. Are you familiar with a system or program called EOS or traction? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Some of the terminology you used there um, I, I assumed that would be the case, but well, that is really good. We've stood and, on a lot of shoulders and learned a lot of different things from a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's one thing I, I think that's really smart that you kind of recognize the roles that you play where each of you, uh, where the strengths and the weaknesses and how you complement each other. And one of the things that I do talk to people uh, quite a bit whenever they're in this situation is if you have a spouse that is in the business, but but truly reluctantly. So, you know, maybe a little bit different, Catherine, than, than where you were, you know, because you still have that, that kind of drive, that spirit, that desire to work together. But truly in a situation where the spouse is in the business and doesn't want to be, then early on, uh, you need to create the exit strategy for that spouse to give them the space to understand, I need you in here to help me short term answer calls, help me, you know, support some things with the goal of, Developing the cash flow and the revenue that we can hire someone to take that position on, and um, and and then also another really key point that you all made that I think is so so important. I want people to hear: if you are in this situation where you have a spouse that is maybe you're kind of dragging them into the business, at least make sure that you're finding uh, tasks that make sense based on their skill set. Um, yes. You know, if you have someone that's <laughs> terrible at numbers, don't ask them to be your bookkeeper. And so, right. uh, you yeah. know, find things that at least make sense for them to say, hey, you're great with people. Why don't you talk, talk to our customers? Um, you know, find things that actually sort of complement their skills so that they can somewhat enjoy what they're doing, even if they don't want to be in the day-to-day business as they may have to be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's super critical. And, you know, one of the books that we've uh, used a lot is The Speed of Trust mm-hmm. by Stephen M. Covey mm-hmm. and talking about that competence and character. And as you're trying to think through those two pieces of trust, that's just been really helpful for us over the years of continuing to learn. Plus, it gives us a language to talk amongst ourselves, with our staff. What does that look like? Because that's how... And this whole idea of passion and provision. So, the book is called Fulfilled. Mm-hmm. The subtitle is a passion and provision strategy to build a company with profit, purpose, and legacy. Yeah. So yeah. you've got that. You're you're trying to figure out, okay, how does it work? And in if you really want to be fulfilled in your company, if you really want to be fulfilled in your work, and our first, the first person we cared about was the entrepreneur, the person who started the company, because so many of those dreams get dashed against rocks. And right you throw your heart and soul into this thing and you throw your blood, sweat, and tears into it. And it's a shame that either A, so many of the companies fail or B, they never get enough traction and they never move forward. And it kind of robs you of a, of a, a joy in your life that really it's this whole thing is meant to be part of that. Right, right. Part of your contribution. So if you can work on those kind of things and figure out what you're good at, or at least where your gifts and talents are, and then you can grow some of those trainings and skills, mm-hmm. everybody's going to be so much happier. Right. I mean, you're going with the grain, not against the grain. Yeah. And um, if you're into woodworking at all, anybody who knows knows that you there's only so many things you can do if you're going against the grain. You, mm-hmm. you just can't make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about that this weekend, just how much more natural it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to go faster if you go downstream with the water. Right. Um, right. So figure out what that looks like with your people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so one of the things, you know, in, in, in my world, the way that I often talk about this sort of my, my, my mission and, and, um, you know, all of the things that I have out there from our uh-huh. coaching, recruiting and, and, and business development, all of these things are really focused on one thing. And that is providing freedom to business owners in both business and in life by helping them develop strong teams around them. And one of the things that I talk about with that is that oftentimes, and the reason I'm here to help with that is because oftentimes business leaders feel shackled to their business. Mm -hmm. And there are things that we have to put in place to provide us a sense of freedom in our business. And I believe a lot of that relates to the team around them. And one of the reasons I was really excited about having you on the show is you have a very similar message and in your book, a lot of this is around sort of you get stuck in the business and and we have to be intentional about how we do that. We can't just say, well, next week I'm going to spend more time with my family and schedule a couple of vacations. We have to be intentional with how we're actually doing this. So give us just a little glimpse into uh, sort of the blueprint that you have found in helping people create some space in their business to give them some of that freedom that we're ultimately looking for. Yeah, there's three things, three large things that we've seen over and over again that people have mistakes. And you were speaking to a little bit ago. The first one is really having a clear vision that we talk about it being clear, complete, and compelling. Mm-hmm. And the second is having a business model at all. Yeah. And then yeah, it's amazing how many leaders start businesses that have no business model. That's true. Great point. Right. I just I, I'm good at building a widget and I think I can build it faster than the right. guy I'm working for. So I'm just gonna go, as Michael Gerber would say, have an entrepreneurial seizure. Yeah, that's and right. Just yeah. you know, right and just start a company, but have no like all of a sudden you're thinking, Oh, I have to do the books and actually build people right. for the work I'm doing. Oh, wait a second, there's there's actually like culture that I have to develop and people and I, I need to know how to relate to them and I need to know how to manage conflict. And there's just all of these things. Yeah. And and so part of what we did was put together just a holistic model to say if you're going to start a business and run a business, well, you you need a vision mm-hmm. and then you need a model. Yeah. Right? You need you need something that's going to make sure that you're paying attention to each of the really core areas of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third really critical piece from our perspective is you need to know that in order to to grow, you have to grow as a leader. You have to deal with the fact that leadership has an inner game yeah. and you've got to be dealing with kind of yourself and, and all of the mindset and the things that you struggle with and mm-hmm. all of that. And then you need to be dealing with your, the outer game, which is how people actually experience your leadership. Yeah. So those yeah. are kind of the three big things that we go after in the book. And we know that these are the these are probably the three biggest things that mistakes leaders make. They're making a mistake somewhere. If they're trying to figure out what the holes in their bucket are. Right. Mm-hmm. And with a vision, you're like you're going, we love the concept of clear, complete, and compelling. And we really, after looking at the research and everything else, the way that Jim Collins talks about that in good to great is mm-hmm. probably our favorite way. And we just didn't want to reinvent the wheel because it was so good. Because a really good vision tells you, gives you your why in that model. It's four parts. It gives you your why. It gives you a direction. Mm-hmm. It helps motivate yourself. It helps motivate your team. And it gives you a moral compass on the midst of it. Yeah. So when you've got that, all of a sudden, you know, because so many leaders just like, what are you trying to do? Well, I started a business. Well, what are you doing? Well, I got to make a profit. 
And then somehow that I got to make a profit and someday I might to, well, that's just what we do. Right. Um, I've heard so many entrepreneurs say, well, why are you, well, the only reason you start a business is to make money. I'm like, well, that's sad. That's, that's important. It's critical. You got to be profitable. Yeah. But if that's the reason, if that's the only reason you're running a company is so you can try and find some kind of financial stability. Mm-hmm. That's a bad reason to be starting a company. Yeah, yeah. You're adding a whole lot of stress in life for a, for a paycheck. <laughs> That's for absolute sure. And I, I love that. I think that you're exactly right. As we look at that first piece of creating a clear vision, um, it is amazing. And, and I want people to really take note of this. Uh, you know, if you don't have a vision now, if you don't have a, um, uh, you know, sort of a personal or, or a business uh, mission or vision statement, and not just simply this generic, you know, well, we want to conduct business with integrity to help, blah, 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 like, but truly, like, why do you exist? What's the purpose of it? Um, what's that thing that you go back to? And, and as Jim Collins talks about sort of that moral compass, like, how do you recalibrate? In fact, you know, obviously earlier in this year, 2020, we dealt with some crazy things with um, with the virus and all of that. And that's one of the things that I've, I've been talking to people about coming out of this is this is a great time to refocus and it's really oh, focusing yeah. on this vision because you and your team have had a million distractions and uncertainty that we have now's a great time to be thinking about. And if you don't have it defined, documented, memorized, um, then we need to do that. But having this clear vision helps us make sure that we stay on track because it helps us make better yeah. decisions, you know, so that we, we yeah. don't, you know, next thing we know, we look back three years later and we say, wait a second, this isn't really who we were, <laughs> what I'm here to do. And, right. and, and to your point, especially if you are, chasing that dollar. Sometimes it's easy to get down a rabbit hole because you're chasing a dollar or what you think is an opportunity. And ultimately to find out really it was a huge distraction and, and you're no longer on course with you where you need to be. Well, yeah. those are, you know, we talk about those things and they're so true. And, and when we talk to leaders and I would imagine you've seen this, it's always so much easier to say, to talk about these things. I don't want to give light, make it sound like a, we've always been perfect at this sure. and B that they're super easy to do. Cause sometimes you're going, is this a distraction or not? I don't know. I'm going to chase it. Mm-hmm. And then down the road, you find out it was a distraction, but it wasn't easy to spot. Right. And so it requires a lot of time and thought. And I think that's why, you know, to your point, creating the value and the importance of creating that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have something you can at least ask the question, because if it's going to be, if you don't have anything to compare against, when you ask the question, you're going to be kind of lost. Well, I don't know. Right. Well, and when we started the company, we did is you know we didn't start with a clear, complete, and compelling vision. We yeah. started with, let's start a business. Mm-hmm. Um, let's and, make some money. <laughs> you know, and we went through those yeah. early lean years of of you know barely having enough provision, but really caring about you know the business, and then you know. We start the book with a story about how in 18 months we grew 400%. We found our, I mean, the end of our rainbow. We found that, that holy grail that every business is looking for. It's like it takes off. And we were already a decent sized small business, mm-hmm. but it threw us over seven figures and we grew 400% in that 18 months. And you would think that would make you happy. Mm-hmm. And when all was said and done, we hit this place where we literally did not want to come to work. We didn't want to come to our own business. We didn't like what we'd created yeah. or what had, what had come out of that kind of rapid growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it exceeded our leadership 
capacity. We made some not great decisions hiring because we were moving too fast. And so the culture was deteriorating, but we, but at that point in the business, we hadn't codified any of this, right? We were just like, I don't like it. What what are we going to do? You know? And so that it was, it was really out of some of those really um, uncomfortable places Mm -hmm. that we pulled back and, and started moving into this mode of, okay, how do we actually, how do we actually be more intentional about what we want and don't want, who we're going to say yes to in terms of building the team around us, mm-hmm. who we're going to actually let be a client because mm-hmm. we had a couple of clients that were just really not fun to work for. Yeah. And, and we really began to kind of retool out of that rapid growth mm-hmm. so that we could become who we wanted to be, not just endure the pain of <laughs> what <Yeah>. had become. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it's funny. It's it's weird because you you get to say we grew four hundred percent, and not many people get to say that. And less than four percent of the companies get to cross seven figures. I remember when we were open for ten years, we crossed a milestone, and we were thrilled. And we threw a party. Mm-hmm. When we crossed seven figures, we were threw a party, mm-hmm. and then we realized how rare it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's why we want to. We you know you talked about this is a perfect time in coming out of the early challenges of 2020 and it's a great time to reassess for us coming out of that 400% growth and all the challenges it brought said we either shut the doors or we go back to the fundamentals and learn more about Mm -hmm. those core places of vision, business model and leadership. Yeah. And we chose that and we're really glad we did. And which is one of the reasons we wrote the book is because we care so much about entrepreneurs and their families and those businesses that are run. But we also really believe that people deserve good jobs mm-hmm. and great, great successful companies with great leaders create a lot of great jobs for people who aren't called to or cut out yeah. to run their own business. And they still deserve to, to have a passion or provision life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's excellent. Um, one of, one of the other things that I want to touch on here is when we talk about this, this, the third piece of growing as a leader, Mm. it's interesting how you divide that out between inner and outer. Mm. Um, so, you know, kind of a, a personal belief of mine as I see is that oftentimes business leaders, and, and we use that term fairly broad, but uh, whether you're an owner or manager or whatever, but you, you have yeah. some sort of leadership responsibility. Um, what we see is uh, that a lot of time and energy is invested in learning the industry, learning the skill, learning the widget, learning um, processes, and you know all these types of things, and yet very little spent on developing the leadership side. You know, we'll go to mm-hmm. conferences for our industry, but we may not spend time going to a leadership conferences. We'll read uh, t- t- trade articles and we make sure we have Google alerts setting up about what's happening in our industry, but not necessarily about latest trends and studies as it relates to leadership. And so, and then even those that do, so I'm going to hope that for most of our audience, because they hear this quite a bit, you know, that, that they're doing at least something, <laughs> right, to, to right. develop themselves as a leader. But one of the things I really find interesting is that separation of that, that, that divide between the inner and the outer, because it's one thing to read the books. It's one thing to understand it. It's another thing to actually implement, put into practice, and live these traits out on a daily basis in a way that your team experiences 
the things that you're actually learning. So help me understand kind of what the difference is and how we can go about making sure that we are um, that we are acting out as leaders, not only internally in what we're absorbing, but how we're actually putting that information out there. You mean the difference between inner and outer? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. So I, credit where credit's due. We've been studying leadership and had some amazing mentors for the last 35 years or more. Um, really appreciating all of the input. The language of inner and outer, we actually borrowed from the folks who wrote a book called uh, Mastering Leadership by the Circle Leadership Group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love, it was, it was just easy and uh, accessible because so much leadership work has great, but it's really like it focuses over here on emotional intelligence or right. authenticity or, or maybe just strategic planning and what are the decisions. And, and so as they were doing an assessment and pulling everything together, they were looking and finding that there's really 18 core competencies mm-hmm. for a leader that are divided into relational mm-hmm. and task oriented. Mm-hmm. And then in the midst of those 18, there was this idea that the iceberg that we've all seen, if we've looked at leadership stuff, we've been talking about it for as long as anybody's been talking about leadership, (laughs) that that stuff that you do and how you act is the top of the iceberg. But it comes from who you are, your understanding, your mindset, your maturity. Your worldview. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All that stuff comes from the bottom and it it breaks forth. So that's kind of how we define the inner and the outer. Mm -hmm. But it gives, one of the things that's key, and I'll let Catherine speak to this, is that idea of um, a lot of people don't believe you can grow as a leader. They believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, you graduate from college, you become an adult in your 20s. You either are a leader or you aren't a leader. Yeah, yeah. And we would say that's just not true. Right. And the leadership development, it's, it's not just, important it's like critical mm-hmm. to running a successful business you have to you have to be developing as a leader and you know for us we would say that to develop as a leader part of it is you you got to work with mentors you need to mm-hmm. you need to be being mentored mm-hmm. um we all need community and one of the you know one of the phrases that we'll use is it's pretty hard to read the label from inside the bottle Mm-hmm. So it's important that you get outside perspective and somebody to bounce stuff off of yeah. because within your organization, you know, you know this, Kyle, leadership is lonely. Yes. Right. Yes. And and that fear of if I tell people I'm struggling or if I mm-hmm. if I surface those doubts or if I say I'm ha- having a bad day, you know, mm-hmm. that's not okay. And and so we've we've just made it a practice for our whole lives, but we've surrounded ourselves with people who lead companies that we can be talking with and, and partnering with and um, and working with so that we're not just us in our little bubble, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to figure it all out. Um, so, cause, cause I think you're right. You can't just read about it. Right. You need to be, you need, you need to be in conversation about it and mm-hmm. integrating it and being asked questions about it mm-hmm. <laughs> from somebody outside yourself. So, mm-hmm. We've done a lot of work in leadership and it's one of our favorite things. And it's one of our favorite things working with clients is helping their leadership really think through um, why they do what they do. Yeah. Tell me this, Kyle, what, from your perspective, because the, the way you're talking and everything else, it's clear that you've got, you've thought about this a lot. You're very thoughtful guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lot of experience that seems to be coming through in your language and stuff. How, how do you 
articulate to people, your listeners and stuff, about how to intentionally grow as a leader? Mm-hmm. How do you describe that? Yeah. Or what how, if somebody asked that question, how do I intentionally grow as a leader? Because it sounds like a nice idea, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Well, so I think there are a couple of things that we've got to do is if, if we want to grow in this area. And and really I would um, you know, try to simplify that concept into how we would grow in any skill set. So and I agree, Catherine. I don't think I think people are born with certain personalities that might lean towards leadership, but, you know, it, but, and and a great accountant doesn't have to be an introvert. You know what I mean? Like you, you can aim into that. So, so I don't think that it's just, we're either born with it or we're not. I do think that it's a skill that can be developed. Well, just like any other skill can be developed, right? If we, if we take those same, that same concept and we put it into leadership, then the first thing we need to do is understand more about it. So we need to understand who we are. We need to understand our strengths and weaknesses, sort of internalize those things. Then figure out what are the, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer in, uh, I don't think that leadership in and of itself has changed in um, millennium. You know, I, I think uh, no matter what direction you're bent from a religious perspective, if you read biblical principles, those yep. are the same leadership skills that Jim Collins talks about and Michael Garber talks about and Gina Wickman talks about and Seth. I mean, so the, it's just we're putting them in different ways. We're, we're tweaking them a little bit. We're making them more relatable and understandable. So. I think part of it too is once we know who we are, we understand where our challenges are, then we go out and we look for how we can understand those things. So as an example, if if part of the challenge that I have is around creating a clear vision for myself and understanding that, well, maybe I'm going to go and I'm going to read books like Start With Why. Um, if I need to better understand modeling my business, I'm going to read the E-Myth Revisited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into these resources to say, how can I understand them? How can I figure those things out and, and understand like, okay, this is how I'm going to um, adapt those into the way that I operate, the way that I think, feel, and operate. Now, how do I, and this is really the key of all of that, because as, as we've talked about here, we can internalize all these things. I can know it all day long. Mm. Now I've got to figure out how do I intentionally, yep. intentionally put these things into practice. And so, so if, if we're going to make this part of who we are, if we're going to develop our leadership skills and actually practice those leadership skills, then we need to understand who we are. What are our strengths and weaknesses? We need to start filling the gaps, especially within our weaknesses. And then we need to start being intentional about how we implement these things with the people around us. And sometimes that can be with how we lead things within our own family. When someone asks, where are we going to go out to eat? Sometimes it can be how we, how we lead a situation where we're going to have friends over and what we're going to do in that or planning yeah. out a vacation. You know, we can start small and say, okay, I'm going to lead this. But mm-hmm. then, especially in a business environment, we've got to be thinking about what do I do with the people around me? How do I invest intentionally in them in a way that they understand that I care about them? I'm putting them first. So, yeah. you know, it's, but again, I put those same principles in someone that says, I want to be a better accountant. I want to be a better marketing. I want to be a better salesperson, right? We're going to do the same thing. If I want to be a better salesperson, then I need to understand where are my strengths and weaknesses in that space. I need to then learn I need to kind of fill some of those gaps about maybe I'm uncomfortable around picking up the phone and having those conversations and I need to develop that skill. And then I have to just kind of have the backbone to go out and do it. And, um, (laughs) and I think it's it's the great leaders that have the willingness to do all three. Uh, 
I think what we what we tend to see a lot of are people that invest in their leadership skills by absorbing information. And so it's like they can regurgitate yeah. what everybody says. But if you talk to the people that work for them, they're still a terrible leader because they don't know how to actually right. act on it. They don't know how to actually do it. And leadership is not easy. Even for the, quote, great leaders, leadership oh, no, it's is absolutely not easy. It's hard. And so it becomes a challenge sometimes for someone to kind of put that step, that vulnerable step out there to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to screw up and I'm fall flat on my face and, but I'm going to do it. And um, mm-hmm. so that's what I think a uh, very long winded answer for you there, but that's what I think that oh, great. That's great. we'll it's have good. to do to, to really develop and, and be intentional about those leadership skills. So I would say that I like totally agree. I think that's awesome. And three things that we talk about. And in the book, we like we lay out all these things mm-hmm. so that there's an, a, a way to assess because we've learned that probably in leadership, if you're going to build a plan and you want to be intentional mm-hmm. for us and the way we articulate it is you, you would have a coach, a community, and an evaluation. Mm-hmm. And if you could have a way to evaluate, and we spent a long time looking and uh, we talk about a couple of different ways to evaluate your different perspectives as a, a leader, mm-hmm. your different skill sets, emotional intelligence tests, some personality tests, things like that. The circle leadership folks have got a great uh, free assessment mm-hmm. that is can be used as a single, like you're assessing yourself. Mm-hmm. But ideally, you start getting into the place, of, depending on how large your organization is, that you get other people's opinions on those things right. and you average them out because there's going to be, again, we can't always assess. Another thing is, so when you have something like that in an evaluation, then you can say, where can I, where do I need to focus on? Mm-hmm. Where are my skills that I need to bring up to a minimum competency or, or now that I've got all that at a minimum competency and proficiency, where do I want to really build some strength in? Yeah. And then having a leadership coach, we talked about community a while ago and how important that is, but having a leadership coach to say, I, I want to work on these things and to help them who's competent and skilled and gifted at that. Yeah. Because the research says that we've got, we probably run into about seven to nine, maybe 10 different transitions as adults, as leaders. Mm-hmm. And the transitions mm-hmm. are places where we start to come to the end of some of our competencies. Yeah. And we start to run up against ourselves and time, the calendar starts, keeps moving the the business maybe if it's if you're in one of those businesses that's established enough it may keep going but you may get stuck in that transition you could stay there for 10 15 20 years yeah because you never took a chance to learn and the biggest red flag that you're in a transition mm-hmm. you're starting to get exhausted and tired you're starting to get frustrated you might be starting to lose some hope and you can't seem to break through certain levels of your leadership or the growth goals that you have in your company. Yeah. And you're going around that mountain. And until you are able to figure out what are the things, that old saying, what got me here won't get me there. Right. The transition is telling you you're at that point. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some kind of a change or a growth or a modification. Yeah. And if you have those three things and you're working through that with that, the coach, the community, and an evaluation, and you understand those kind of transitions, mm-hmm. you have so much better, uh, so much better chance of actually growing and accomplishing more of your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent point. Well, that, I, you know, of course I love this topic and I do think it's so critical um, for people out there 
that are in in leadership capacity and whether you intentionally got there or or I know you know sometimes what happens is we start our business you know as we talked earlier uh, you know I think Catherine had kind of put you know made this point like well I think I can make this widget you know faster better uh, or whatever than the person that I'm working for so I'm going to start my own company making my own widgets um, and then next thing I know I turn around five years later and I've got like 10 employees and I'm you know what that's not what I signed up for right I was just really good at making widgets and um, and so, you know, whether we whether we got here because of that or whether we got here because we started this business and we knew this is what I want to do. I want to create a team. I want to create a culture. Either way, we've got to focus on these components of who we are um, because it's too easy to get um, to get stuck in our business, to get shackled to the business, to wake up one day hitting great milestones, but saying, I don't want to go to work anymore. I need to, I need to think of something else. And so, um, I really encourage people to check out, uh, their book. I really encourage people to check out the resources. I know you have a lot of resources on your websites. Um, so before we get out of here, tell us about that. How can we learn more about the information that you have out there? How can we learn more about the resources that you have available? Yeah. So the immediate easy one is uh, we wrote a book called Fulfilled and it has its own little website called fulfilledthebook.com. So that's a great place to go. We're selling it there um, for 50% off the price on Amazon. Nice. So it's $10 plus free shipping. So anybody can go there. And then there's some um, resources that are available as bonuses for just buying the book. Um, And then there are also some additional opportunities that are um, existing in there, especially like if you are at a place where you're wanting to build out your vision, if you're wanting to understand that there's some really good resources for that. Yeah. Our, you know, the, the desire for that is it's a, to make sure that it's accessible to as many people as possible. And then with those bonuses, the three ones we put together, uh, two of them have to do with actually hiring a team. Mm-hmm. You know, great. What's the best way to put together a passion provision team? And we have figured out a very, it's not perfect, but it is a very, very, very good system that helps you weed people out that shouldn't be on your team and bringing those right people in. And we've seen the success of that because we just don't have to let people go. Mm-hmm. And we have a long, longevity with our employees. And it's just, the, you, you get so much more out of your business and your life becomes so much less complicated when you've got a great team around you oh, so true. and the right employees. Mm-hmm. And then also the blueprint for passion and provision is tucked in there too. It's a nice quick PDF that allows you to see in a graphic form the whole model and the perspective. Yeah. So there's some cool resources there that you just we just threw in as bonuses on that books and really hoping that this book helps get a lot more freedom mm-hmm. and, and fulfillment. Well, and in, in some ways, I mean, one of the things that, especially for your listeners, because the type of audience you have, um, it was really described well by somebody's kind of like a mini MBA where you're really walking through, there's a, there's a theoretical, like this is the perspective we have coming into it, right? We mm-hmm. want you to live in both passion and provision. So there's a, there's a philosophy, mm-hmm. but then there's really just some practical, like, here's how you develop a vision. You need to understand marketing and sales. You need to understand um, management and operations, yeah. finance, culture. And so there's, there's a chapter on just the core 
basics of how do you get a working knowledge in each of those main areas yeah. so that you have a business model. And we made sure that with. there was a lot of really practical things that yes, people could good, do. Good. So this is there's there's theory because to understand the big picture, you've got to have some theory. There's right. a lot of great stories in there to illustrate. And then there's just some really practical meat that we're hoping it we're hoping it serves the purpose and it's helpful that it becomes one of those books that's a resource book. You put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm after you've read it and then you pull it out and, go, to and go over and you can yeah. jump to different areas where you're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. And I, I do love that. Um, you know, theory is good, but it's great when we can look at something that's practical and sort of understand, okay, here's the step that I need to take as opposed to I've got this theory. What do I do with it? So I'm, I, Absolutely. I appreciate you writing it in that format. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thank you both so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your passion thank and what you do and, um, really want to encourage everyone to get out there and take a look at these resources, check out the book, um, and, and see if there's some things in there that could help you in your journey as well. Catherine, Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, This Kyle. has been a lovely time. I really appreciate you having us on. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You marketing for all of your podcast needs just you marketing has you covered be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts if you have any questions we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employer blueprint.com